0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Alan Doan, one of Hawaii's top-ranking corporate executives. Alan is chairman and CEO of Alexander & Baldwin, Inc., one of the oldest and largest corporations and the only surviving big five company in the state. His company has given more than $4 million to charities in Hawaii and the Pacific in the last two years. Alan is the director of First Hawaiian Bank and Pacific Guardian Life Insurance Company. He also serves on the board for a number of community organizations. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Alan Doan. Welcome to our show, Mr. Doan.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: So you're the chairman and CEO of Alexander and Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about the company?
2: Well, it's a company that um, that people in Hawaii uh, know, uh, know a little bit about. It's one of the big five. In fact, uh, today it's really the only one of the uh, big five that's remaining. Uh, it was started in uh, 1870 as a 12-acre sugar plantation. In fact, last evening I was on uh, Maui and uh, we celebrated the 125th anniversary of our sugar plantation on Maui last night, so it's a company that has a long history. It's uh, one of Hawaii's largest companies, and it's a company that uh, still has its its heart and soul in Hawaii. You guys are pretty diversified, though, right? From everything from shipping to <clears throat> real estate to what else? Yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting thing. But the company started in in agriculture. And then there was a need to get something from here to there. We live in Hawaii, right? So it's a long way. We ended up having an uh, interest in Matson and a shipping company. Uh, so then we now own Matson. And then after a long, long time, like uh, almost 100 years, we said, well, you know, let's think about doing something else with our land other than just agriculture. So we've gotten into the real estate business. So today uh, we... Uh, have a very large shipping company that uh, serves Hawaii, Western Pacific, as well as uh, China, which is a pretty exciting story Whoa. in the last year. And uh, we also have uh, one of Hawaii's uh, premier real estate organizations too. What would your average day be like? An average day? <laughs> <laughs> or is there such a thing? Yeah, there's no average day. Um, you know it's funny, but you you think that you're uh in command of yourself, and I guess to a limited extent you <laughs> are but um you know a day is uh a day can uh, involve um being uh, out of Hawaii, which a lot of days are for me right now, so you could spend a day in or a week in New york city uh you could go to China, could visit Guam yesterday, I was in Maui. Um, but uh, an average day at home uh, probably involves anywhere from uh, 25 to 30 different different sorts of activities.
1: So when we say CEO of Alexander and Baldwin, you folks are so diversified. Mm -hmm. How do you keep track of what you're doing on a daily basis and how do you, I guess, get to know all of the different facets?
2: uh, The answer is is you really don't. (laughs) What you do is you have really great people and And they sort of uh you know know a lot about the businesses, so one of the keys in in this business and in fact in any any large business is really uh, having a team of people and uh, you do certain things, they do certain things, and hopefully you stay out of their way when they 're doing the good things <laughs> and uh, let them be successful so well, I have involvement uh, in all of our businesses and kind of a broad? broad sense. Um, you know, the key is that, that uh, the best thing you can do as a leader is to choose other people who can really effectively lead their parts of the company. So
0: what would your role be then as CEO of such a diversified company? I mean, your primary
2: role. Yeah, There are a couple, uh, couple parts of the role. One is to uh, take the compass and set it in the right direction. So, if you want to go north, northeast, uh, and that's where the company should be going. Uh, that's really the responsibility of the CEO. There was a lot of, uh, of involvement by other people in it, particularly our board of directors, but uh, you got to get the compass in the right direction. And then, as I was uh, saying a minute ago, the uh, next thing you got to do is you got to make sure that the people that are in place are the people that uh, are. are uh, are going to go in that direction, or the people that can, can do those things that uh, you feel should be done. In the case of A and B, that's uh, that's uh, definitely the case. And then uh, every once in a while, you have to make some big decisions. So the idea is is that you shouldn't be making that many decisions. If you're making a huge number of decisions, you're probably not making the uh, big decisions the way you should make them so uh, the idea is that that you make a, a relatively few decisions and then you have people who work with you for you who make a lot more decisions uh, when you start getting in trouble is you make too many decisions because uh, there're not that many absolutely critical decisions that a, uh, a company has to make but when you make them you want to make them right and, and you time. want to put the time on those decisions
1: thanks for tuning in Radio We're back with Alan Doan, one of Hawaii's top-ranking corporate executives of Alexander and Baldwin, Inc. How did this position come up for you as CEO? Uh,
2: well, I started with uh, A and B in uh, 1991. And uh, I had been actually in Hawaii, living in Hawaii three times before. Before that, but I uh, started with A and B in, in uh, 1991. The previous uh, chief executive officer uh, had a uh, had the onset of a, a medical condition, uh, John Couch, and he had to step down from the uh, CEO position of A and B. So. 1998 uh, came along, and uh, there was a need for a new CEO. And the uh, board of directors, who who, who makes that decision, uh, decided that uh, uh, that uh, I don't know how it happened, uh, but it was me. So, but you were the CFO at the time, right? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I actually I ran the real estate part of the company. Uh, from 1991 to uh, to 1998,
1: and the ag part two. Did you have any aspirations at that time that you wanted to be a CEO of, whether it was Alexander and Baldwin or a, yeah. another big company eventually? Yeah,
2: that, that's a good question. Actually, before that, uh, going way back in the old... Uh, old personal history. I had been a, a senior executive of a very large company that owned Sea Brewer in Hawaii, and I had been with Sea Brewer uh, a long, long time ago. But I was with that company for a number of years and was one of the uh, the top uh, people in the company, one of the senior executives uh, in my late uh, 30s. So at that point, thought I had some aspirations to uh, uh to be a ceo i didn't know uh if good fortune would uh would uh, come my way and i didn't exactly know if i had the capability but that's kind of what i wanted to do uh, and that never happened at iu the company was uh, involved in a hostile takeover in the late 1980s and lost it so after that you know i uh, just kind of uh, kind of went through and uh... didn't think so much about what would happen in the future and just was uh, was happy to do what i was doing
0: what do you think are the most important
2: factors that made you that successful at a young age i don't know i could give you the uh... the, the normal sort of, of attributes uh... That, that people give you uh... I, I graduated in the bottom quarter of my high school class and it was a public high school <laughs> in philadelphia in my high school annual, they had all the list of accomplishments of different people, and there was a blank on my name. <laughs> there wasn't anything. I wasn't even in the glee club. I wasn't on the football team. I wasn't an academic all-star. And uh, there are lots and lots of reasons for that. But um, I'd say that uh, probably for me, the, uh, the, um, the key was a very strong uh, family background, which was supportive of me. Uh, even though there wasn't a lot to show for it, <laughs> and I, uh, and I think just a, a natural uh, curiosity and interest in in, uh, in doing things.
0: This is what I'm wondering. You went to Harvard Business School. Uh,
2: so where did right. this? What happened between so yeah? Where, be- where beginning did the and end? come? And yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I read a book. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a copy of it here for you <laughs> in 1995. Uh, you can learn all my secrets. No, I uh, I had a, uh, um, a very, uh, very unusual childhood. And I um, was uh, even w- when I graduated from high school, uh, I had no desire to go to college. In fact, uh, uh, I graduated from high school. I hadn't entered a school uh, to go to college. Didn't think I could get into college, and I started out uh, working in a uh, kitchen. And uh, I'd been a little bit isolated at that point in my life, and I worked and I had to uh, bus all the dishes at a big office building in downtown Philadelphia. And it was like, oh, <laughs> what are all these people doing? And they're wearing suits and you know all of that. So I, I kind of lived a, a somewhat of a um, isolated life but uh, a life where where I really didn't uh, didn't didn't see much of uh, the rest of the world and I was very uh, fortunate through a a set of unusual circumstances to be able to go to college and uh, graduated from BYU and then uh, after that things just sort of took off but uh, but there would be absolutely no evidence from uh, from early childhood, or uh, even uh, even through high school, that uh, uh, that I was uh, even going to graduate from high school, <laughs> <laughs> much less go to college.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Alan Doan, one of Hawaii's top-ranking corporate executives of Alexander and Baldwin, Inc. What was the change for you? Because, you know, you said you weren't the best student in high school. Yeah. Um, you, you weren't planning on going to college, but you eventually right. went there. So when you got to college, was there somebody that mentored you and say, listen, you need yeah. to buckle down. This is serious. It's your, it could be your life.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, my grandmother, who had no money, Gave me a lot of her savings to go to school. <laughs> and I'll be darned if I was going to, you know, not, you know, honor, uh, honor what she is doing for me. Yes, yeah, this is a very poor woman who, uh, who gave uh, uh, much of what she had because she wanted to see me uh, make something better of myself. So, I think, you know, I think going to high school, it's like you don't pay for it and all of that, but it was a wholly whole different environment too you know I felt when I when I went to BYU it was like watching Ozzie and Harriet and you know I mean it's sort of a Ozzie and Harriet theme park but the people were nice the people had goals um, and uh, it was it was a very different world than I I had been in before you know where you know we were hitting each other with cue sticks and things like that <laughs> after school so a uh, different environment and a, and a very strong sense of obligation that uh, that I needed to uh, to do the right thing so would you say that your grandmother is one of your driving forces today okay. yeah even even more so I don't think I recognized at that stage of my life how how fundamentally core uh, her personality and, and her uh, her character was to me, but sort of the older I get the more I can see you know the, uh, the the molding that she did on me.
1: So what made you choose to go into the business path? and then eventually go to Harvard Business oh, School?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I got out of uh, college uh, this was during the Vietnam War and uh, I spent four years in the military and uh, kind of, uh, I was not a, I was not a combatant, I was involved with uh, management and computers and all that, that kind of thing. I kind of liked it. And uh, I said, well, I'll, you know, they can always say no, but I said, I'll try to see if I can go to a good school, because I kind of liked the business world. Um, I'd say in terms of a scale of 10, there, uh, uh, my, I, I, I'm pretty sure that my... Uh, my desire to accomplish is a lot higher now than it was then, but I'm kind of one of those people where I didn't, I, I didn't have a, uh, an overwhelming desire from an early age. And it was one of these progressive sort of, oh, I can do that kind of thing. And uh, I applied to a Harvard Business School and again, they made another mistake, just like the other school did and they accepted me. And uh, for me, um, I think that 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 there was a a kind of a pivotal uh, sort of it it gave me the ability to uh, see a larger world and see that you could fit into a larger world. And I was so intimidated going to Harvard that you know I, I really thought I was an admission mistake. Uh, that um, you know I just uh, just learned over over time that uh, there's not that much that differentiates most people.
0: So do you think that without your grandmother's influence you could have gotten to where you are
2: today? I might have, but I'm not sure I would enjoy it as much. <laughs> I think that you know sort of the the uh the side of her personality that dealt with values and character was really what was uh, what was most essential. It wasn't as much uh about uh, education from uh, you know this is what my father did and here's uh, you know here's how I'd like to be like him or someone in my neighborhood, but it was much more on the character side that uh, that she was keen.
1: Do you think that that shows through your leadership style?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: where in your life do you think you really developed more of these leadership traits to be able to run a company?
2: Yeah, I'm still developing it. (laughs) It's still imperfect, I can tell you that. You know, it's funny, but uh, lots of people in leadership roles have have different styles, and no one style uh, works in all situations. And uh, for me, uh, uh, I think that uh, it was was really important to uh, spend uh, a number of years being uh, uh, mentored by others, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work, uh, making a lot of mistakes myself. And, uh, and uh, I think that uh, I have to be, to be very uh, direct about this, but, but it's clear that the leadership style that I had at the outset almost nine years ago of, of, uh, of uh, being the CEO of A&B is, is, is different than the leadership style of today. And it probably should be for me and it probably should be for most people. Um, so, uh, uh, I, I just, it's, it's hard to say, um, exactly, uh, what all the influences were, but I know that, that, uh, there have been a number of people who have, who have had a great impact on my life, and, uh, it's allowed me to, uh, uh, I think to, uh, to express myself in a way that's been hopefully positive.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
2: Hawaiian time. Nights, the sunshine in your mouth.
1: For bubble tea supplies Happy in your friends. home, at a party or business, like contact Bubble Tea end. Supply at 948 2622 or sunshine online at bubble tea.com.
0: nice the
1: sunshine
0: in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for three billion dollars?
1: We're back with Alan Doan, one of Hawaii's top-ranking corporate executives of Alexander and Baldwin, Inc.
0: Even though your company does a lot, you're still doing a lot personally.
2: What are the community organizations that you're involved with? Uh, Some things I can talk about and some I can't, but uh, I do have a very uh, deep interest in the community been involved in recent years with uh, the heart association and uh, <laughs> it was interesting but we were uh, we did do the fundraising uh, for that uh, i guess it was a year before last and uh, we uh, we had a child uh, one week before the heart ball and uh, we went through the whole process and and uh, actually did all the activity and, and of course, it wasn't much work for me to have the child. The baby came, and then a week later, we had the big event. Uh, but uh, we involved uh, with that have been involved with the Bishop Museum for many years. I recently, left that board. The Boy Scouts have, uh, have been uh, been a big interest, and uh, a number of other uh, organizations, uh, public school foundation of Hawaii. But I have to put my high school, and it's a place called Frankfurt. You know, everybody else is like Castle and. you know or someplace I could explain to them where this is it's not in Hawaii but I am a public high school graduate but those are the kinds of organizations uh, that that, uh, uh, but what's um, what's even better is is that is that you'll find in in many of the um, uh, the the not-for-profit organizations that that uh, our people are involved they're involved as volunteers. Sometimes they're involved in leadership roles, but uh, we have a very, very significant involvement because we don't have anywhere to go. You know, Hawaii is our home; it's where we live. We're not a regional office of, of someplace else. Uh, this is this is it for us. What's the result that you see being
1: that you are a company that values your employees getting involved? You're encouraging them, and you're giving mm-hmm. them a lot of opportunity. For them to be exposed and to get hands-on
2: you know it's funny but uh, they th- they develop their own opportunities for sure um, we can encourage it and we can support it but uh, most people have an innate sense of what resonates for them, you know whether it's uh, uh, issues with, uh, you know, with early children that have have disabilities, whether it's uh, homeless issues, uh, whether it's employment issues, uh, housing issues, uh, whether, whatever the issue is, um, you, you, you know, you, you people have people have their own uh, uh, their own rhythm that they move to in terms of what really really interests them. So what what it turns out what's interesting is that when we have people who are really passionate about an organization or a cause somehow that passion normally gets translated into our company supporting that organization more financially than we otherwise would and it's our view that that if our people feel passionate about it that there must be something good and it's right for us to support it so uh... you know generally we we, you know, sort of the passion and the, and the interests of our people often lead us to uh, making financial contributions to organizations as well.
0: How many hours are you working per week,
2: would you say? I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, would say it's, a, it's a, quite a bit, right? It's a few, yeah.
0: You know, you have your mm. CEO duties, and then mm. you, your company does a lot in the community, but then right. you do a lot yourself. Why are you spending time to still get involved in the community if mm. your company already does it and you have your other oh. uh, responsibilities?
2: Because I like it. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, uh, it's that simple. There's a really, uh, there's a satisfaction that you, you get. And, you know, it's funny, but in one sense, I have the concerns that many people have on issues like global warming and, you know, something as, as huge and as difficult as that. Uh, but what you get to at a certain stage in life is that you have those interests, but sort of like trying to help a couple people at a time. Um, and, and, and sort of being involved with, uh, with situations where you do that creates a lot of positive that comes to your life uh, when, when you're helping others individually and uh, that's, that's the part that, uh, that I don't talk about publicly What would you say to people out there that are
0: convinced that their life is too busy to be doing community efforts and getting involved and so
2: on I think that's an individual choice that everybody makes, but I think that the uh, certainly that we all benefit from uh, you know a community that's healthier, and there's no doubt about that. So I guess you can look at it as sort of something in your own self-interest to do, but I think you do it for the right reasons. I think you, 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 if you've got to convince somebody who really doesn't want to get involved with a community that they should, I'm not so sure that, that that's going to be that uh, uh, that, that big of a, of a help to uh, the community or the individual. Uh, there's certain stages of your life you go through where you really don't have the time to do certain things that you'd like to do, and then there are other periods of time where where you've you've got the ability to do it, and uh, uh, only you can decide how much effort you can put into it at any one time, but uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, evidence there that that people who uh, put a lot of effort into, into helping others have a tendency to help themselves <laughs> as much or more. Thanks for joining us today on
0: greater Good Radio for more information or a transcript of today 's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.